Hello and welcome to the Hint Reviews podcast with Peter Hinton, produced by the National Arts Centre English Theatre and coming to you from the Salon of Canada's National Arts Centre in Ottawa. I'm Sean Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the seventh interview of the NAC English Theatre's 40th anniversary season. In each episode, we will take you into the intimate world of the artists and creative minds behind the productions on stage at the National Arts Centre English Theatre. In them, Artistic Director Peter Hinton chats with a guest artist associated with the production. In this interview podcast, Peter speaks with Where the Blood Mixes playwright Kevin Loring about his play, his winning of the Governor General's Award, and being an NAC playwright in residence. Where the Blood Mixes played at the NAC studio March 23rd to April 3rd. For more information about the NAC English Theatre's production of Where the Blood Mixes, please visit www.nac-cna.ca. Click on English Theatre. And now, here are Peter Hinton and Kevin Loring. Good afternoon, everybody. Hi. My name is Peter Hinton. I'm the Artistic Director of English Theatre here at Canada's National Arts Centre. And I want to welcome you to this afternoon's interview with uh, Kevin Loring. And before I invite you to join me in welcoming Kevin, I, uh, as is the custom, will tell you a little bit about him. Okay, Kevin Loring is a member of the Unlachapmach. Close. Close. First Nation, uh, in English, known as Thompson Indians in Lytton, B.C. As an actor, he's performed in numerous plays across Canada, and a lot of you are going to recognize Kevin from the many productions he's been in here at the National Arts Centre, including two plays by Marie Clements, Burning Vision, and Copper Thunderbird. And about last year at this time, Kevin was in our 40th anniversary production, The Revival of the Ecstasy of Rita Joe, playing Jamie Paul. Uh, he recently starred in the feature film Pathfinder, and he's a recipient of the 2005 Vancouver Arts Award for Emerging Theatre Artist, was the 2006 Artist in Residence at the Playhouse Theatre Company in Vancouver, and he recently co-produced, co-wrote, and co-hosted a documentary titled The Canyon War, which chronicles the Fraser Canyon War of 1858 between the incoming gold miners of the Fraser River Gold Rush and the Nlakakmach. Say it again. Nlakakmach. Beautiful. <laughs> I've, I've known Kevin for eight years, and every time I see the guy, I go, say it again, say it again. I will get it. It's my life. It's a dedication of my life. He is a graduate of Studio 58 and the Full Circle First Nations Performance Ensemble Training Program. And this has been an incredible year for Kevin because his play, Where the Blood Mixes, won the 2009 Governor General's Literary Award for Best Drama. And uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> And it was announced in February that Canadian screen and theatre legend Gordon Pinsent has chosen Kevin uh, to mentor him as part of the 2010 Governor General's Performing Arts Award Mentorship Program. 
And this program is a partnership between the Governor General's Performing Arts Awards Foundation and the National Arts Center and is designed to unite past lifetime artistic achievement recipients and talented mid-career artists. Uh, Where the Blood Mixes premiered at the Luminato Festival in Toronto in 2008 and then was also presented at the Magnetic North Theatre Festival in Vancouver of that year. And this year it's on a national tour being produced by the Belfry Theatre, the Vancouver Playhouse Company and the Savage Society. And it just recently was part of the Cultural Olympiad at the Olympics in Vancouver. It's played in Winnipeg and it will go to Toronto after its run here. And lastly, but certainly not least, Kevin is, we're very proud to say, one of the NAC English Theatre's Playwrights in Residence. So please join me in welcoming Kevin Loring. Wow. <laughs> this has been quite a year for you, it's eh? It's been ridiculous, yeah. It's been fantastic. What has the experience been? What has it been like? Uh, it's been like going on a roller coaster ride. It's been going up and up and up and up and up and then zoom, flying away. Yeah. <laughs> now, Where the Blood Mixes is your first play, right? Yeah, and in many ways. Uh, it started out as a solo show. So it started out as a monologue in theater school. And uh, I performed it as a 15-minute monologue. Uh, I played all the characters. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was a very different story. It was, uh, it was about a, a, the monologue started out as a, a man celebrating his daughter's birthday in a bar. And uh, it starts out, he's having a good old time. He's partying, partying, partying. And then it's a, it's a memory play. So he flashes back to uh, key moments in his life with his wife and his daughter. His daughter dies, or his wife dies uh, very shortly after uh, giving birth to the, to the daughter. And he's left with the daughter. And so there's key moments in his life with his daughter. And it uh, turns out that he, uh, his daughter, he wasn't a very good father. And his daughter ran away to the city. Uh, and he sobers up and he goes looking for her in, in the downtown east side. And she rejects him on the street. And so we find him, we realize by the end of the play, in the 15-minute monologue, that he's celebrating this birthday alone by himself in uh. the bar. Um, and so it's, it's, it was a very, there's many elements that are the same, yeah, but very yeah. flipped upside down and inverted and, yeah, wow. but that was the source. And, uh, did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine that that <laughs> monologue in theater school would end up, uh, no, <laughs> putting you here today? No, you know, but I, I did, uh. Very early after I did the I did the, the monologue twice. I performed it twice. I performed it for my graduation at theater school, and then I performed it at um, the Talking Stick Cabaret, which okay, is Full yeah. Circle First Nations Performance's inaugural festival. It became a festival. Now it's a big, uh, yeah, week long festival in Vancouver, um, and it, it's produced by Margot Mark Kane, who you'll see in the show. She plays June. Yeah, in the show, she's the producer of the Talking That's Stick. That's right. Festival. Uh, so I performed that monologue twice. Uh, and then after that, I decided I was going to expand the piece. And I made a pact with myself that this play would uh, be the play that sort of helped teach me how to write, uh, produce, present, yeah. get a play on stage. I made a, like a, a deal with myself. And so I committed myself to, to expanding it. And uh, the, 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 the story changed. It became more like a Groundhog Day scenario where the, the guy keeps waking up in the bar. Yeah. And every time he wakes up, it's a little bit different, but it's the same. Um, and uh, the story of the daughter got expanded and the wife came in. And I, I took that uh, 
about as far as I could go. In about two, uh, 2004, I had a, a workshop at the Factory Theatre in Toronto. Yeah. Um, and that's about as far as that, that version of The Ballad of Floyd got. Huh. It's interesting, you know, um, in, in my day, when I was in theater school, they always said to me, Peter, you've got to decide whether you want to be an actor or a director. You have to decide. And I was like, okay, and I decided. But that wasn't true uh, when you were in theater school. No. And it's not been true in your professional life. No. How do you find acting informing your writing and your writing informing your acting? I... Well, I, I guess, um, I mean, people have been doing the same thing to me. Like, what, what, what do you like more? Do you like writing more? Do you like yeah. acting more? What do, you, what do you think? And to me, I go, well, well I'm a theater artist. Right. Like, I, I do, I love being on stage. But I also love writing for the stage. And I'd love to direct in the future. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I see myself, and to be, I think to be a theater artist, you have to be very well-rounded. Yeah. You have to be a jack-of-all-trades in a lot of ways, right? And, and the other aspect of that is producing, like how to, how to write grants, how to get money flowing for a project, how to, the, all of that behind-the-scenes stuff that you never see, uh, yeah. all of that, which is 90% of the work in a lot of ways, right? Like all that behind-the-door the stuff. Um, sitting at your computer writing grants for, you know, year after year. Yeah. Um, that's also an aspect of the, of the work. And so I think of myself as a theater artist. It's funny, this word, you know, in Kevin's bio, you hear a lot in Canada and theater is emerging artist, mid-career artist, senior. Where do you see yourself? How do you define yourself? I mean... I still think of myself, I'm still a baby. Like, I'm still, like... <laughs> I mean, you know, sitting beside Gordon Pinson, you really feel like a baby, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, I'm just starting, really. Yeah. I guess we always are, you know. Yeah. We're always, as we learn more, the, the challenges get bigger and yeah. stuff. There's a, a really interesting connection I enjoy with your play being here now. And, and you exemplify it because Kevin was in Rita Joe. And we began our 40th with... Rita Joe was the first play to be presented in English. And I know that when you were workshopping where the blood mixes, uh, you went into the interior. You did a reading in your hometown. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. But you were also in George Riga's home. And, yeah. And it's a kind of interesting picture of where we've been 40 years ago and 40 years later on. And there are some similarities between Rita Joe and and where the blood mixes, but they're so different. Mm -hmm. What's your observation of that? Being Having been in the, you know the Rita Joe play really well. You've done it twice. Yeah. Your own play, you're from Lytton, Summerland. How do you connect to that, or what do you see that journey? Well, I think um, earlier on in some of the drafts, uh, where the blood mixes had a much more tragic ending. Much more tra There was a version where it was a tragedy. And... I had just done Rita Joe the first time at the Firehall Art Center, and I was like, you know what? Like, we've been living in a tragedy since Rita Joe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, in terms of yeah. like the stories that we put on stage, we're always telling these these tragic, tragic stories. And I wanted it to be. I realized that the play was not. Uh, it was about people mourning a tragedy, but it was ultimately about surviving and about the triumph of survival and about being able to move forward and, and through something. And, you know, Rita Joe, uh, it, it's a very 
we go into the dark spiral and we we don't get let up. Right, <laughs> it right. brings you right down and it keeps you there. And that was very important, I think, at the, in the time, for sure, in 68, when they did it. I think that, that, that leaving that tragedy in the lap of the audience was the shock that people needed to see Aboriginal people in the, in, in the world, I think, in that uh-huh. time. And I think, um, for me, I wanted to celebrate... Uh, the survivors. And the survivors aren't just the ones who went through the system that I talk about, that we will, you know, the residential school system or, or whatever the aftermath of that is, but it's the children as well. The, you know, the, the daughters and the sons of those people that, that have gone through that. So I don't know. And I think that it's, you know, it's, we're writing our own stories now. We're, 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 right. we're able to, I mean, it's, it's amazing that we're here at the National Arts Centre of Canada. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing yeah. that Copper Thunderbird was on the main stage at the National Arts Centre of Canada. Yeah. It's amazing that my, my play is here. It's, it's, uh, for so long, Aboriginal people struggled to just be heard and seen. Yeah. And now uh, we are getting a chance to be heard and seen and, and, and to do art that, that reaches people. And it's glorious. Yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible history. Eh? Of yeah. 40 years, it's a short time and a considerable time. At the same time, <clears throat> I want to ask you about two people, and uh, it's a little contentious, so I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, there are two people that I think, from stories you've shared with me, mm-hmm. were kind of pivotal midwives, if, if, if you will, in the development of the play. Mm-hmm. One's Gary Farmer, yeah. and the other's Sharon Pollock. Yeah. I'm wondering if you could, and Gary Farmer, y'all probably remember from his many film performances, and he was here in Dry Lips Auto Move to Capiscasing many years ago. And Sharon Pollock, of, of course, is one of our great playwrights who has a, a, a play of hers, Blood Relations, is being done at the university right now as we speak. But can you tell yeah. us a little bit about Gary and Sharon and their sure. impact on you? Absolutely. Uh, in, I mentioned earlier that in 2004, I'd, I'd took, uh, I'd, what happened was I'd submitted the play, uh, The Ballad of Floyd, to the factory theater, to this, this festival they do called Cross Currents. And Cross Currents is a festival of new works by uh, writers of color, um, diverse artists. And so I submitted it, it got accepted, and that gave me a week-long workshop of the play in Toronto at the factory theater. So they hired a fabulous group of, of Native performers to be in the cast, and Gary Farmer was to read Floyd, the lead. Um, and Gary Farmer, I mean, I was 26, thought I was a hotshot you know, playwright in Toronto for the first time, you yeah. know, like I was all cocky and full of myself. And uh, Gary Farmer is like this luminary, right? Like he's, and he's a mountain of a man. He's, I remember just thinking when I first saw him, he's just a ginormous man with a giant head and he was just like huge, <laughs> right? Just like power. And I was like, wow, Gary Farmer's reading the lead role. And I was blown out of the water by that. And I'm all excited. We're sitting around a table uh, uh, for the first day of a read. Of the, of the workshop and the, everybody's sort of sitting around and the director very politely asks, so does anybody have any questions or comments before we start the first read of the play? And Gary Farmer stands up and he takes the script and he slams it on the table and he goes, 35 years in industry, 25 years sober and I'm still playing drunk Indians in the bar. So what? Wow. So what now? And I was like, I just peed myself right there. I was like, oh, God. Oh, but, Karen, uh, what did you do? I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I was sort of stunned. I was shocked. But he was right. Huh. 
I knew, I knew pretty quickly he was right. It was like, oh, right, of course. This has been done a million times. <laughs> so, you know, we did the workshop throughout the week. Um, and he was very gracious, actually. He was very, and he was amazing. He, he fulfilled the role to the nth degree. He was amazing. He destroyed the set on stage, like a table and chairs. And in the course of being this drunken in the bar, he smashed the table. And it was like, oh, my God. It was like a, a mountain erupting on stage. But... Uh, but at the end of it, I was like, he's right. He's right. Yeah. And so I, for two years, I didn't touch the play, trying to figure out, so what? Um, in the course of that two years, uh, I had done other projects. I'd acted in a few things. And uh, I'd been invited out to Banff to work on a project uh, with Sharon Pollock. And so I got to know Sharon Pollock. Uh, and through this thing at Banff, uh, which fell apart, but uh, Sharon and I became really good friends. And Sharon Pollock, she's a two-time Governor General's Award-winning playwright. I mean, she, if you were to do like a, a anthology of her plays, you know, it would take two volumes. Like she's she's brilliant, but she's also very she's she's wonderful, and she could be like a bulldog. She can just get in there as, with the, when you're, she's working with a young playwright and just just sniff out the the BS, right? Just like just sniff it out and just like challenge you on it, right? Like at, at every step. Uh, which is lovely. But she invited me out to, um, to Calgary to do a workshop in uh, 2006. And in the two years before that workshop, uh, I had written a poem. And this poem uh, was about fishing uh, below the bridges back home. And the bridges back home, like the, uh, in the Fraser Canyon, I, where I live is where the, the Fraser and the Thompson Rivers meet. And the bridges are quite high. They're like 250 feet off the water. They're huge, huge. You know, and they're everywhere. There's like five within the town. Train bridges and, and, and vehicle bridges. And so they're quite massive structures. And we're quite down low on the river. But the poem was about fishing for salmon down by the river with this character that I called the old man Haggardly Troll, who's like a relative of mine, with a case of beer and several severed fish heads on the ground and buckets of fish and, you know, <laughs> bees and flies flying around. And deep down below is this sturgeon just sitting in the eddy, just waiting. And it was kind of about uh, life and death and the cycle of rebirth and renewal and, and just the, the dirt of the world. But I, and I loved the poem. And it was really about the landscape of where I'm from. And I lost it. My computer crashed and I lost the poem completely. But when I went to Calgary to work with Sharon on this rewrite, um, I, uh, like a month before I went to Calgary, I completely rewrote uh, The Ballad of Floyd from page one to the end. A complete rewrite. I thought I was just going to fine tune when she invited me. I'll just fine tune here and there. I started and I just, I completely rewrote the play. And what I found was the poem that I had written and lost when my computer crashed resurfaced in the play and became the world of, that, of the play. It became, and it was such a vast uh, distance from the previous version. It was so different than, than the Ballad of Floyd that I had to rename the play. And uh, I renamed the play Where the Blood Mixes because of something that I'd heard sitting in the bar back home in Lytton with my cousin, who's a lawyer. And we share a relative, uh, Shka'a, he's an elder. And uh, his English name is Louis Phillips. And he, Louis was a great storyteller. He always had sitting in his wheelchair, his old guy, and we'd sit outside the bar, watch the fights. <laughs> we'd watch the, the, the guys fighting in the bar, you know, out in the street, and he'd, who do you think is going to win? I think this one here, he's going to win, this one here. You know, he's uh, quite a storyteller. Anyways, uh, he told my, my cousin... Raymond, you know, everybody thinks that uh, the, the meaning of Kamshin, the Kamshin is the name of the village site where Lytton is. 
And people say it's, they call it the bastardized version is Kumshin now, but the, the real name is Kumchin. And um, he said, everybody thinks that the meaning of this place means where the rivers meet or meeting place. That's not it at all. The actual meaning of this place is the place inside the heart where the blood mixes. And that's the name of the village site. And that name refers to so many different things. It, it's, it talks about legend, uh, our, our Jesus type character, our, our hero was Coyote. And Coyote fought a, a transformer. Uh, a transformers were these shape-shifting beings who could alter the world with their powers. And Coyote fought this transformer and uh, the transformer destroyed Coyote. He, he took him across a, a great cliff and he split his guts open on this rock and he dismembered him and sent his body parts all over the nation. And his heart landed where the rivers meet there. But it also refers to the salmon run because when the, the, the two rivers go like this, when the salmon come up, up the river, they turn red, of course. Mm. And it's like back in the day when the salmon runs were enormous, I mean, the elders talk about how you could almost walk across the river on the backs of the fish. It was so plentiful. The rivers ran red, like arteries coming up. And the elders always talk about the salmon being the lifeblood of the nation, the lifeblood yeah. of Mother Earth. And so it was a very plentiful place there, right? And, and it is also the center post of our, of our people. It's the, it was our capital, I guess. The, it was the heart of our nation. The place inside the heart where the blood mixes. It's the name. Um, and so... In the rewrite, when I realized, when I, I'd put that story together with the, the poem that I had lost and, and rediscovered in the play, it became Where the Blood Mixes, under Sharon's guiding, guiding hand. Wow. That's very uh, moving. Hmm. And I love that you share those stories because we often think that partnerships and collaboration in the theater is easy. <laughs> or it's just you find someone who understands you and no. they go, you're great. Sometimes it comes with struggle. And yeah. No, it was the, the thing that Gary, like sometimes when I tell people that story, they, they misunderstand. They think that, oh, Gary's such a jerk for doing that. But no, that was the most important piece of feedback I got. Yeah. yeah, no, this is a man who who's literally had been in the industry 35 years and seen every year for every, <laughs> drunk Indians in the bar, right? And just yeah. the like... Here you are, you're a native man, and you're writing about drunk Indians uh-huh. in the bar. Yeah. So what more are you going to tell me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Wow. And so it was beautiful that he did that. When I, when I first met Kevin, uh, there was almost, uh, well, it was like a, uh, it, we laughed often, but it would always be when Kevin would tell a story, we would all go, okay, Lytton's going to come up. We know, here's the, <laughs> and I think Marie called you the Lytton boy yeah, and all yeah. of that, you know. And it's, it's so interesting to see the play and how much Lytton is deeply a part of you yeah. and part of your well, DNA. Yeah, right? I mean, I, 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 I am from where I am from. Right? Yeah. And um, my identity is rooted there um, all the way back on the, the, the non-Aboriginal side of my family all the way back to the gold rush and on the Aboriginal side of my family back forever <laughs> so yeah. it's like i feel and growing up there and hunting in those mountains and fishing on the river and the stories and the characters yeah. that are there it's just what i bring into the world now the uh residential school in Lytton closed i understand in 79 yeah. and uh so that's within all of our memory like it's close 
how, what was it like doing this play in Lytton? I mean, it, it's always a trip, I think, to do something where you're from, you know? But uh, you expose stories that some people might think are better left in the past. There's nothing to be done. Oh, yeah. Why drag it up again? What can we do? Yeah. No, it, what was that like? It How was, was it received? It was actually quite beautiful. Um, we were on this interior BC development tour. We were doing readings of, the, of Rita Joe and uh, uh, stage presentations of... Uh, where the blood mixes, actors had pages in hand and we had the bones of a set. And so we were able to get the set to Lytton and uh, we performed it on the reserve uh, in the Memorial Hall. And uh, at first nobody showed up. We were like, oh crap. <laughs> nobody, wow. nobody showed up. There, everybody was like 15 minutes, but everybody was 15 minutes late. <laughs> and like, they all like, wow. came at once, like 350 people like, showed up all at <laughs> once. And it was like, whoa. And so you know, that was a bit, uh, uh, bit heart-wrenching at first. But uh, once everybody showed up, we, had a, we packed the hall. And uh, they laughed, they cried, they screamed wow. and hollered. Some of them stood up <laughs> in the middle of the show and laughed or pointed or whatever. I sat behind my uncle Floyd, who I named the title character or the main character off of, and uh, his wife Diana. And every time you heard his name mentioned, he'd go, uh, he'd laugh behind uh, his hand. Wow. So, but in the end, you know, they, they stood up, they, they applauded, they loved it. And uh, we had a big feast afterwards. And uh, no, people, people, there was a lot of tears, there was a lot of laughter, and there was a. Uh, a lot of joy that day. It was a beautiful day. Are they proud of you in Lytton? Do they know? <laughs> do they know about this place? Oh yeah. Success oh yeah. 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 My mom. My mom. When we did the run at uh, in at the fire hall in Vancouver, my mom brought 130 people down in two busloads. <laughs> she did. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I met Kevin's mom last winter in Kamloops, <laughs> and I said to her, I went. Oh, that Kevin, he must have been a real handful when he was a young boy. And she said, a handful is more like it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, really? What a surprise. Well, thank you, Kevin, very much for joining us today. And thank you all for coming. And uh, I hope you all enjoy Where the Blood Mixes. Thanks very much. That's all for this edition of the Hinterviews podcast. Send us your comments and questions. You can reach us by sending an email to hinterviews at gmail. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget you can subscribe to this and other NAC podcasts by visiting nac-cna.ca slash podcasts. There you'll find our past episodes, subscription links, and instructions on how to subscribe. You can also easily find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store search on Hinterviews. If you'd like to stay in touch with news and updates from the NAC English Theatre, sign up for a free e-bulletin by visiting www.nac-cna.ca slash email alerts. You can also find us on Facebook. Become a fan of the NAC English Theatre on Facebook by entering NAC English Theatre into the search bar. 
Until next time, this is Sean Fitzpatrick for Peter Hinton and Company saying goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre in Ottawa.